0: What is going on? Welcome back. 3rd and 20 podcast episode 43. My name is Frank so We got the main man back from tef- technical difficulties. Mr. Steed. Steed, how you doing?
1: Doing great, man. Can't wait to talk some football. Crazy week last week.
0: Yeah, crazy week. Um, I want to first talk about the fact that we locked in the new Hooters bet. I talked about it last week, but you weren't here to give your thoughts on it. We got the Giants plus 6,600. To win the Super Bowl, for those who don't know, the Hooters bet we, we take a team. We did it last year. It was basically a joke that we bet the Raiders to win the Super Bowl um, during the whole quarantine, no offseason thing, saying that the Raiders can just quarantine in Hooters, and with that high morale, win some football games. It worked early in the season, but they lost their momentum late. So we kind of just decided, hey, we're going to do it again. We're going to take a team, plus plus five 6,000 over that, we put 20 bucks on them to win the Super Bowl and if we win, we're having a massive party in the at Hooters. Everyone's invited. We took the Giants plus 6600. Steed, how are you feeling about it?
1: I I like I like this pick. I feel a lot better than the uh, Raiders pick, uh, especially now that you know the Giants don't have to face Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert twice a year that just really just wreck their defenses. And You know, the Giants are a team that's trending up in the right direction in a division that is known to be weak. Um, You know, so I like that. I get a really good defense. I get a young defense that really impressed me last year. I get an offensive line that made tremendous headway and that their running game actually was sufficed last year. Wayne Gallman, I get Saquon back. You know, they have a very early pick. They pick at 11, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, we can they can get a great player at 11 to help this team. They pick up a guy like Galladay to help out Daniel Danny Dimes. And Daniel Jones is, you know, he was training in the right direction last year. He's going to be the second year in this new system. I, he's got to have a big year this year, but I think he can do it. With the 17th game now added on, I think this is a 10-7 and 11-16, which puts us in the playoffs and gives us a shot.
0: Yeah, the seventeenth game. Jeez, it's really weird, dude. It's saying Ten and
1: seven. I, I don't like saying that. I don't like saying. That. I like ten and six. You know.
0: I don't know. For some reason, eleven and six feels good. Like eleven, 11 and, and six, six I feels, can get behind that.
1: Eleven and six feel, feels like ten and six, but ten. and, ten and seven feels like you know. Ten like,
0: and seven's weird, and like nine like and eight. The, Nine, um, and 9 and oh. 8. Ugh.
1: 8. and 9 is going to be bad. 8 and 9.
0: The thing is, I used to love 8 and 8, right? The Jeff Fisher. Just 500. You're right there at 500. I like that. Yeah. Um, But, like, 12 and 5 feels good. 13 and 4 feels really weird. So does 14 and 3. Um, 16
1: and, then, and 1.
0: I don't know. I can get behind one. 16
1: and 1. Really? Because, like, I would just look at it from an old fan... Perspective and be like, damn, we've won 16 games the regular season, but we lost that one because <laughs> the extra game.
0: Um, yeah, dude, Giants were going 10 and seven, like, <laughs> yeah, like, so weird. The one thing I will say that gives me a lot more hope. First, off, I'm really surprised that we got better odds on this Giants team than we did on the Raiders last year. Um, secondly, uh, I- I'm not sure if you mentioned this, but the fact that we don't have the Chiefs in the division. The kind yeah, of like yeah. lock to make and, and win that division and, and make the playoffs. Go f- now we, we take a team in a division that there has like there hasn't been a repeat winner in years. And they didn't win it last year, so let's ride. Um Thank God. I, I think that they have the most complete team. Like you said, if Daniel Jones is able to step up and play better than he did last year. Uh, this team can really make a step. They have the pieces, that offensive line's playing better, yada, 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 yada. Defense, top group in the league, secondary, insane. Um, we could get a team that makes the playoffs. And that's all we need. We just need a team that gets in the big dance. And I think with Joe Judge, I really like what he's done. I like him as a coach. Anything can happen. So let's go Giants. We're Giants fans this year. Let's ride.
1: Let's go G-Man. All
0: right, but let's move in. Let's move into... Crazy, crazy, crazy trades. I'm titling it Trades Galore. We had the Niners move up from 12 to 3. We had the Dolphins move from 3 to 12 back up to 6. And the Eagles trading down from 6 to 12. Um, I'll give the quick synopsis of the picks. Basically, the Niners initially got two firsts and a couple other back-end picks to move Mm -hmm. from 3 to 12. No, the, the Niners gave up a bunch of uh, two firsts and some back end picks to move up from 12 to 3 to the Dolphins. The Dolphins moved back to 12. The Dolphins then trade their 2022 first. It's theirs. They got the Niners, and they gave up theirs, I believe, as well as pick 12 to move up to 6 with the Eagles. And they gave, like, they, they upgraded, like, a fourth. From a fifth. Something like that. Um, and then the Eagles move from 6 to 12. to Niners mm-hmm. doing it, presumably thinking that they're going to draft a quarterback. That's what we're all thinking. I almost guaranteed that that's going to happen. You don't give up first out the ass if you're not picking up a quarterback. But, before we move into what we think the Niners are going to do at 3, who do you think won the trade? Who, winner and loser? What are your What is your opinion on this?
1: Um, I think the outright winner on the uh, on this huge trade day, it it would be for me the Dolphins. Uh, you know, he, he's, even though they gave up one of their first round picks next year, they still have a first round pick for next year. Uh, you know, they move back to six. They still get a pick. One of those top three elite guys we talked to: Pitts, Chase, Devonte Smith. One of those three will be there. And also they pick up, uh, you know, another pick this year in the back end. More picks galore. And they already had the extra first-round pick this year. So for a team that was trending very well and missed the playoff by one game last year, and to really still accumulate and get great young talent and make this offense something to really be – really to be – Afraid of in the league. I'm, I really like where the dolphins are at with all these trades. So I'm going to take them as the winner.
0: Yeah, I, I like what they did. It felt like a very calculated move. They move back three spots. They end up picking up back end pick and a first and 23 to continue to upgrade their draft capital. They already have a plethora of picks. I believe they have four in the top 60 this year already. So, the Dolphins are still kind of cashing in on their picks, but they upgrade their draft capital in the future as well. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that the Dolphins are the easy winner, just because even if they if they somehow manage to not hit a pick this draft, which would be a miracle in and of itself, you still have three first round picks in the next two years. So. Um, nice. Let's say maybe they needed to get a quarterback and the two experiment fails. Well, you have enough ammunition to trade up for a guy in future years if you really want him on top of the the plethora of talent that you've brought in. So, I agree with you. I think the loser for me, and it's weird to call them a loser, but it feels like the 49ers are almost the loser just because of the fact that when we did our mock offseason for the 49ers, we had come into it saying, at 12, we are taking Mac Jones, no matter what. It's Mac Jones or bust. And now it seems like that is the quarterback that the that the Niners are targeting. But they have to give up a ton to move up there. And whether it's Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Trey Lance or whoever, they had to give up a whole lot of resources for that quarterback, which... At the start of the offseason, we were thinking they might have been able to land at 12. So I think mm-hmm. because of that, the Niners now have to hit on this quarterback. Um, we all know, at least me and you knew, that this is a team that needed a quarterback on a rookie deal desperately with the amount of contracts they have to give out. They, they had to pay Fred Warner this season. I doubt they let him walk all pro-level middle linebacker, one of the top guys in the game right now. You're yep. not letting him walk, Nick Bosa. You're not letting him walk. One of the top yeah, pass rushers hands. in the league, no shot. Uh, yeah, you already paid Kittle. You have some good offensive linemen. Like, you just have so much young talent. You have to pay that. There was no way you were going to be able to to keep a, a quarterback like Jimmy G on the payroll for much longer than this year. They they found a way to make it work. So it, it's tough to call them a loser, but it really does feel like they are. Let's talk about the Eagles before we get into who we think the 49ers are going to take at quarterback and why. Eagles, I'll start off with this because in our mock season, mock off season for the Eagles, we actually did a very similar trade. We traded down to pick 12. Now, we picked up extra draft capital in the draft this year. I believe we picked up a second and a third or something like that. Um, The Eagles decide to pick up a first next year. Value and they also got a pick upgrade. I think they upgraded a fifth into a comp pick third, which basically means a really late third or early fourth, one of the two. Um, so the Eagles, I uh, like we had been saying the entire offseason that this is a prime trade down candidate team simply because of the fact that their contract situation in cap space is horrible, they they have. Terrible contracts on the books. You know, they're going to cut a lot of dead weight this year, but you still have really expensive contracts that go years into the future with guys like Brandon Graham and Lane Johnson who are older, more veteran players. If these guys aren't playing consistently, it's going to sting a whole lot. They need cheap talent, and there's not one guy that's going to be able to solve these issues. So they decide to pick up more picks get some future picks, trade down to pick 12. We think that they're going to go best player available, whether it's defense, offense, special teams, whoever. They need anyone who can freaking play at every position on the field. So I I think that the deal makes sense for the Eagles. I feel like I would have liked them to get a little bit more of an interesting package, but from a pure value perspective, it works. So if I was an Eagles fan, I wouldn't be terribly upset. Like I feel like some yeah. of them are from missing out on potentially a Jamar Chase. But, Steed, I'll take it to you. What do you think of the Eagles before we get into who we think the Niners are taking?
1: You know, I like it. I, I I think it's fine for the Eagles. Like you said, it was it was good value for them. They need to trade back. They're not in a situation where they're going to really compete next year unless, like, some kind of miracle happens. Um, so, like, they just really need good young talent on this roster. And what they're doing is good. You know, next year they're going to have probably three first-round picks with that uh, pick they traded with Carson Wentz. And, you know, that's more likely going to turn into a first-round pick. So you're looking right there, three first-round picks next year. I mean, this is a rebuilding process, so it's going to take three or four years in my eyes for the Eagles. And I, I think they're on the right track to really doing that. now they're going to have to change some ways and actually hit on some of these players they take in the first round because it seems like they haven't done that forever. But whether it be, um, you know, I don't think the biggest winner. I still think the Dolphins won this, but I think they did a decent job. They were in a situation that they really just need to trade back, and you still get one of the most definitely get an elite defensive player. You could get the first defensive player off the board more than likely.
0: Yeah, whether it's the first defensive player, um there they're gonna be there's gonna be a good corner on the board. Um, whether it's Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertan, or we both really like JC Horn and almost consider him as one of the top corners, if not the top corner, to be completely... I think that there should be more conversation of whether or not JC Horn is the cornerback one in this draft. Um yeah. we both like some of the linebackers, Owosu Koromoa or, or Micah Parsons that are going to be there. There's pass rushers. I, like you said, receiver. There could be Devontae Smith that falls there, a Jalen Waddle, whoever they like there. And then last but not least, offensive line. There's going to be a good tackle. There are so many good tackles on the board. Like, I don't think it's out of the question for the Eagles to say, hey, this is a position group that while it was banged up last year, so we're getting a lot of guys back, needed to be improved because, my God, it was one of the worst groups I had seen on tape of all teams I watched last season. Um, it was season. awful. It was an absolute mess. So to to come into this season saying, oh, yeah, we're just going to get guys back off of injury, we don't need to add young talent that position, I think is just silly. So they could be a tackle there. Maybe they say, hey, Dillard – Sorry it didn't work and we're going to take a guy like if, if a Rashawn Slater is there or a Derrissaw or maybe even a Samuel Cosme. So they have a whole lot of options at pick 12 to get a good player. They upgrade, get the first round pick next year. I think it's a decent move for them. Nothing crazy, but I think it's a good move. Now let's get into the 49ers quarterback scenario. So like I had said earlier, for the 49ers, me and you both during our mock-off season said Mac Jones he's our guy he fits the system you know he we both thought that he was way more talented than the public was giving him credit for you know I had comped him in my quarterbacks rankings video to Sam Bradford who was the number one overall pick and I even think that he has some strengths over Sam Bradford that make Mac Jones possibly a better prospect than Sam Bradford was Um, But because he's not this modern, prototypical dual-threat guy, people are kind of writing him off as that de facto quarterback 4 or 5. I think that that's stupid, because if you look at the tape, Mac Jones is a good player, and he really fits the system that Shanahan wants to run, this more classic West Coast system where the timing is extremely important on these plays. They want to stretch defenses horizontally for the most part, and if you hold on to the ball too long the plays do not work. And here's an example. Uh, Week 10 against the Saints, you have Nick Mullins here who had to start a lot of games last year. And he kind of struggled at times. And for this very reason, this is not an easy... It's not a hard system for a quarterback. It's just you gotta... Your process has gotta be quick. You gotta hit guys open when they are. You gotta hit the plays how they're designed to be hit. And here's an example of Nick Mullins taking a little bit too long to get rid of the ball. You see he... It, he doesn't anticipate this throw. He, he hitches a little bit. He hesitates, and it almost ends up as an interception. This is the problem with, I believe, taking Justin Fields if I'm the 49ers at pick three, because if you watched our analysis on the quarterbacks, Justin Fields' number one issue, at least for me, was anticipating throws. He held onto the ball way too long. Statistically speaking, it backs up my point. Justin Fields has the highest average time to throw of any of the top quarterbacks in the draft at 3.11 seconds versus the Plitz it even increases to 3.18 seconds. Yeah, it's bad. Comparing that to the other two quarterbacks that people have them taking Trey Lance at 2.92 seconds average time to throw and Mac Jones 2.51 seconds. So you can see how Mac Jones, his play style at Alabama really fits the offense that they run in San Francisco and to kind of prove that Jimmy G's average time to throw in 2019 when they made it to the Super Bowl was 2.65 seconds which was top 5 in the league in 2019 mm-hmm. it's clear as day, you can watch it on film you can go on next gen stats this is not a system where they want to hold on to the ball for three, four, five seconds, you gotta get rid of the ball on time or the plays do not work
1: yeah, this system right here, and Matt Jones ran a very similar system in Bama, and you know, it is where you want to get the ball out. It's about these timing throws. Is I feel like Matt Jones is just a more perfect fit here because we saw him at the Senior Bowl really just be able to understand the offense very quickly, and I think he can do that with Shanahan's offense. But you look at Shanahan's track record of quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan. I mean, hell, he won an MVP with Matt Ryan. I, I think Matt Jones can easily fit in that category with those guys and day one facto be the starting guy. I, he he anticipates throws very so well, like better even better than Jimmy G, I believe so. And you know, it, in the system, if you're just a tick too late, then it kind of just blows up the play. And you saw it there, with Nick Mullins. I I think that completely changes there and where, you know, Matt Jones, maybe he doesn't have the higher ceiling than Justin Fields, but Justin Fields is just – I don't think this is the system for him and that he's more of a project.
0: Yeah, so I I like the – like, let's just look at the quarterbacks that Shanahan has had success under because I keep seeing reports, whether it's from insiders or just people's opinions. I think it's people's opinions. is that Shanahan wants a running quarterback. When the hell has he had a running quarterback? He's had top offenses in the league with, like you said, Kirk Cousins, an MVP-level year where he went to the Super Bowl with Matt Ryan, where the Falcons easily had one of the best offenses in the league. Jimmy G he went to a Super Bowl with. None of these guys are mobile quarterbacks, and he's having top half of the league offense. 2019 the 49ers I think were like third in 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 points scored with their offense. Yeah. Jimmy G's not running, Matt Ryan is not running, Kirk Cousins is not running. I where is this narrative that Kyle Shanahan all of a sudden wants a running quarterback? I think that Kyle Shanahan a running quarterback is a luxury, but it's not a prerequisite. A prerequisite is being able to read defenses, get through his process really quickly and be accurate. Which is something that Jimmy G last year struggled with his ankle injury. We had showed that that when his ankle was hurt, especially against the Dolphins, he wasn't able to drive off his back foot on throws and he was inaccurate. It killed him. Nick Mullins was inaccurate. It killed him. And you saw there he, he wasn't getting through the process quickly enough. Mac Jones. What are his two biggest strengths? He reads defenses quickly and gets the ball at hands, and he's accurate. That's exactly yep. what the 49ers need. It's exactly what they need. I'm not saying that they shouldn't take Justin Fields. If, as an organization and as a coaching staff, they think that they can speed up Justin Fields' process, Justin Fields is accurate. I'm not saying he's inaccurate. If they think that he can get... If they can get Justin Fields to where he needs to be in this offense, I could easily see them pick Mac Jones... Not Mac Jones, uh, uh, Justin Fields at three. But the fact of the matter is, people are shocked by these reports of Mac Jones going at three, Mac Jones is like a puzzle piece fit for this offense. They don't need a running quarterback. They need a quarterback who can get the ball out on time and accurately. Like Mac Jones, you compare him to Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a better prospect than Jimmy Garoppolo was. Yeah. He's a way better prospect than Kirk Cousins was. And he is on a very similar level to Matt Ryan. Why can't Mac Jones be a very successful quarterback at pick three?
1: Uh, well, it's probably a couple things. Uh, people just tend to hate Alabama quarterbacks and they look at all the weapons around they he had at Alabama and just like, you know, give him them more credit and that he just had a very easy job to do, that anybody could have done that job. I you know, yeah, did he have one did he have a more easier job than, you know, Zach Wilson at BYU? Yeah, but like it still look at the tape, he's the one that making the throws. And I I think you're right. I I just really like him where he's at. And I wouldn't be afraid to take him at three. Hell, I wouldn't be afraid to take him at two. I just think he's that good. At the end of the day, if this is Shanahan's guy, you know, and he sees him worth extra uh, two first-round picks for him, you know, then he's your guy. And you better not miss on him. But from what we have seen and from our evaluation of Matt Jones, the 49ers would be an absolute perfect fit for him. And I think, you know, they become that team in the West to beat again with them.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they hit on Mac Jones. I think it's like you said, that he's an Alabama quarterback. You have that sour taste in your mouth from Tua. Also,
1: it's just kind of like, you know, that whole mobile quarterback thing is like, you know, people don't think you can win with a quarterback like Mac Jones. You got to be like Patrick Mahomes running around the field or Russell Wilson running around the field. And and I just think that's completely false because we just saw a 45-year-old man just win the Super Bowl. Even though he's but the what coach, I don't like... understand
0: is that the same people that were hyping the crap out of Tua last year are the ones that are dissing Mac Jones for being a pocket quarterback. These are two... Po- like, oh, yeah. yeah, Tua was a little bit more mobile than Mac Jones, but it's not like Tua's out here being Deshaun Watson. It's not like he's Kyler Murray. Like, he's a Baker Mayfield in terms of mobility, and half the times you see him escape the pocket, you would have wanted him to make a throw, because he missed someone open to, to try and run. Um... I don't understand it. Maybe, maybe it's just because it gets clicks. Maybe it just gets clicks because the the public does not believe in Mac Jones. I have no idea.
1: Well, I mean, you know, it's always good to fade the public too. So, you know, I I, <laughs> I truly believe that, and it, maybe it's also because people were really high on Tua, and he came in last year and did play great you know, by any certain means or by, like, you know, a fifth overall selection st- or third overall selection standard. Is he fifth? I think he was fifth, right? It, well, yeah, he was whatever. fifth. Whatever, top, top five pick. You know, like, did he play like it last year? No, not really. So maybe they're just leaning forward. But also, Matt Jones, he's, like, to, him and Tua had the same weapons. Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle had both said they prefer Matt Jones throwing him the ball.
0: Wait, I have a higher grade on Mac Jones than I did on Tua. I'm not coming out here and saying that I was necessarily a huge fader of Tua. Initially, I didn't like Tua's tape, but as I watched more, I feel like I warmed up to him. Um, Mm -hmm. But Mac Jones is a guy that I'm legitimately sold on. You know, I think that a lot of the quarterbacks this year are really good, but Mac Jones especially is a guy that. I'm sold. I think he could be really good. I'm not saying I'm not sold on on Justin Fields. I do like Justin Fields, and he is a guy that I would take with a top ten selection. It's just at the end of the day, I like Mac Jones more than him. Um, now, I still like Justin Fields, but I think it makes sense for the Niners to pick him at three. I think that people, the people that are saying that Justin Fields is miles ahead of him, should go and watch the Mac Jones tape and really look at it in depth instead of saying. Oh well, Alabama's good. That means Mac Jones was carried. Ohio State was freaking good too. Ohio no. State's got first round receivers at the ass. I, Garrett Wilson and Olave are really talented receivers. Talented O linemen Stop talking out of your ass. Watch the tape. Look at the stats. It's really not I, that crazy. I, I, I think
1: the haters on Mac Jones have you know clearly just not watched the tape. You know you if you turn the tape on, you you will see why this guy is legit. He has a great touch of the ball. Zintan. Anticipation's great he hits on timing throws he also you know has a great feel of the pocket while in pressure it, like he does all the things i think you want he just, as a quarterback i think he just does them right you know he plays the game right he's smart and he picks up on the offense easier and it, it, he throws a very catchable ball like yeah he has some flaws but if he's going in the 49ers day one, I mean, I, I'll take the 49ers spread that they're, they're underdogs. I don't care.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've, when I saw the senior bowl, I just fell in love with Mac Jones. I would already kind of liked him before. I had seen some some uh, like quarterback camp tape, and I thought he threw a pretty good football. But then I saw him in the senior bowl, and it's like, wow, this guy's got the it factor on top of the game tape that we saw. Uh, The people that think that he is a game manager, he does not make game manager throws. He throws people open a lot of the time. Yeah, he's throwing a ton of RPOs, and there are easy throws for the Alabama offense, but for as many easy throws, he's got some really good ones. So Mm -hmm. I believe in Mac Jones. I think that if the 49ers take, it's a good pick. Um, Regardless, let's move on. I want to talk about its prime draft season, and I think one of the most interesting players is is the tight end out of Florida, Kyle Pitts. Where the hell is Kyle Pitts going to go in this draft? Um, and it's almost like a, a double-edged question here. First off, where does he go? Second off, is he the top non-quarterback skill player off of the board? Steed, I'm throwing it to you. What do you think?
1: Well, I'm going to answer the second part of that question first. I, I think Kyle Pitts is the best non-quarterback player on the board. And, and, like, His just... His talent, and it's just, I want to put it in simple terms. He is an absolute monster. He is a beast. He's a home run hit. He cannot miss. This is how good he is. He will be a Hall of Fame tied in. And, you know, I love Jamar Chase. I love Devontae Smith. But I just think Kyle Pitts, you know, day one, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in there. Eight catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. You know, that kind of guy. And where I want, where I'd place him, you know, I I could see him going really anywhere besides these team needs a quarterback. I like him six to the Dolphins. I think that's they trade back up to have a safety net of where if he does fall to him, they'll take him. But they're probably aiming for Jamar Chase, or Devontae Smith. He could, could go as early as four as the Falcons, and if or the Jets don't even want to pick a quarterback, he could go two. That's how good I think he is, but. I think with those other teams, they'll take someone else. And I like how Pitt's going six to the fins.
0: Um, Man, it's tough. I I think that I like Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith. Not necessarily more, but as much as Pitt's. But my guy, it's hard to envision this guy not going really high in the draft. Because if you're a team that's truly picking best player available... Well, if you don't need a quarterback, he's in the conversation. Pick one, right? So, okay, let's just assume yeah. that the first three picks are quarterbacks, which I think it should be.
1: Yeah, they will be.
0: Once you get to the Falcons at four, if I'm the Falcons, well, it's between a handful of players. Penae Sewell, mainly, and Kyle Pitts are the main two, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And then,
0: obviously, you have some receivers. And then we personally think that the Falcons need defense, so there might be the top corner in that conversation, take, or a pass take or
1: someone, yeah,
0: yeah. But if you're going best player available, truly, well, how long does Pitts last? Okay, let's say you go Penesua four, then the Bengals take Jamar Chase at five. I think you're right. Like, well, all of a sudden, Kyle Pitts is probably the most can't miss prospect on the board. There's not a person that has him as like outside of their top five players in the draft. He is. Everyone consensus agrees that he is the most can't miss tight end prospect in years, whereas you do have the people that say, hey, I would rather have Rashawn Slater over Penny Sewell. Hey, there are these flaws of Penny Sewell. He's not as untouchable as people think he is. I haven't really heard anyone say that about Kyle Pitts. So my prediction for Kyle Pitts, I'm going to go a little bold. I say the Falcons go Kyle Pitts at four. I, I think that the Arthur Smith we saw what they were able to do and, and kind of the X-Factor that Jonu Smith was in that Titans offense where, yeah. yeah, he wasn't necessarily insane, but he brought that dynamic element to their offense. Well, what if we saw that with Kyle Pitts? Um, the the Falcons, they, they do have playmakers on the outside. Hayden Hurst is an average tight end. Well, all of a sudden, if you add Kyle Pitts to that team, your two tight end sets become lethal, you add a running back to that offense, that might be one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in the freaking league, you know, in terms of talent. I know you're smirking over there here and that. Well, no, I but... just thought
1: about the two tight end sets. I would go from Hayden Hurst and Luke Stocker to uh, Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst. And, like, that might yeah, be – Yeah, with
0: Julio and Calvin as your two receivers. You know,
1: that two tight end set right there might be low-key the biggest upgrade in football history. It might be, like, yeah. you go from Luke Stalker to Kyle Pitts, you know, crazy. But, yeah, so, you know, I like, love that. I can
0: understand them going, Sewell, but fuck, dude, passing up on Pitts is tough. For oh, yeah, it's, it, it's really tough. Picks.
1: It's tough. I, like, I think he's the best player in the draft besides, like, the quarterbacks. Like, it, he's just, if he's there, I don't see how you not take him, you know
0: because i remember we were saying we were talking cuz we watched the draft together when quentin nelson was getting picked and that was the same roquan smith draft and we were kind of saying like i understand that there are teams that need the quarterbacks and there are these really flashy prospects but if we don't need a quarterback who can like Quentin Nelson, Roquan Smith, can't miss. You can't miss. They're they're like the prototypical exactly what you want in a prospect at that position. Yeah. And we both kind of felt like you're getting an all-pro level player day one. The same argument can be made for Kyle Pitts. It's like, okay, yeah, he might not be the best blocker, but it's like as a football player, I get an insane talent, an all-pro level player. He's only like 20 years old. He Mm -hmm. checks every box. You get this insane talent day one. Realistically, I don't think he should fall outside of the top five. So yeah. I think it's weird this draft a little bit because we're expecting quarterback to go one, two, three, and possibly even one, two, three, four with Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Um, but I don't think he should fall outside of the top five. The only couple of players that you can argue over him is one of those top receiver prospects or Penny Sewell. Other than that, I don't think there's a single defensive player in the draft I'd rather have over Kyle Pitts.
1: Yeah, no shot. There's no shot. Um, the, the
0: next t- the next topic I want to talk in uh, talk into talk about, jeez, is the <laughs> is the twenty twenty one wide receiver prospects and almost comparing them to some of the prospects last year and I don't want to talk about Jamar Chase and Devonte Smith we've already talked about them we both agree that these are two top prospects receiver prospects to come out in a long time probably since that AJ Green Julio draft class I think that these guys yeah. are that good but what about the other guys you know you have Jalen Waddell Rashad Bateman Rondale Moore Terrace Marshall Darius uh, Tony me, yeah Tony for me, I really like Dimey Brown. There's a whole lot well. of them. 2-2. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to beg the question, because last year, I absolutely fell in love with someone like Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, holy crap, this guy's good. And then you had T. Higgins, who I really liked, and it's like Jalen Rager even... Michael Pittman, you have so many of these top receiver prospects that they all went really high in the draft. Um, But what about this year? I'm looking at the tape of the receiver prospects. I get through Bateman, and it's like, eh, I can see why people like him, but he's nowhere near those prospects I thought last year. Then I get through Terrace Marshall, and it's like, man, I'm really – I'm staying away from Terrace Marshall at his price. And you get through the only one I really feel like I'm higher – like high on is Diami Brown and Rondell Moore, Jalen Waddle. I'm not really a huge fan of first price, so I want to beg the question: Are these receivers being completely overrated? I'm seeing people mock Rashad Bateman in the top twenty picks, yeah. let alone uh, in the first round.
1: See, I, I, I'm with you on this. I do think this class is a little overrated. Now, I will say this class is very top heavy because Devonte Smith and Jamar Chase are incredible. Like we, like you already said. Uh, but, you know, if they're valuing Terrence Marshall as a top-20 pick, and you're telling me Terrence Marshall was better than T. Higgins? I, T. Higgins, I thought, should have been third receiver at the board last year, and he went first pick in the second round at 33. And then you're telling me he's better than Justin Jefferson? I just can't buy into that. I really can't. And that was, like, pre-draft too, like, looking at these players, just not based off their success last year in the, in the league. Now, We'll say about th- this class. There are very, there's a lot of recognizable names. You know, I think that's where it might get a little hype on. Like Rashad Bateman. You know, when Minnesota really popped off, it was always kind of like, all right, who's that receiver right there? And he, you saw him, and he was kind of a name. Kadarius Tony is like, you know, I, th- people give him like that huge. He has this huge playmaking ability. He could be a guy taking the first round. I just think he is a. He's a bust, waiting to happen. I can see it, unless he goes thirty-one to the Chiefs. Jalen Waddle, I'm with you. I'm not as huge as people have him, and people have Jalen Waddle ranked ahead of Devontae Smith. I don't see how that's possible. I like, I do like a uh, Rondell Moore. I like a guy like Tutu Atwell. I love his name, and I think he could be like some kind of decent playmaker in the league. But you know, some of these guys are valued, you know. Mid to back in first round picks and and in the second round and I don't know if you're really totally getting a guy that four years from now is going to be on the team.
0: Oh wow, you're you're going real crazy. I was mainly going at it from the perspective of I feel like people are really expecting Terrace Marshall, Rashad Bateman mainly to come in year one and have a and huge produce. role on a team and have that CD Lamb esque year, right? And even that first-round draft capital the whole nine. Well, see, like, me,
1: we just keep naming prospects from last year's draft, and I just love because the, the draft was just historic. Loaded. It yeah. was historic. It was just so good. I mean, you had yeah. people taking the second round that were first-round talents.
0: Yeah. And um, I think that people really need to temper their expectations on especially the possible year-one production of these guys because – Generally speaking, like, hey, I don't think a lot of these guys are going to go as high as people are thinking. Like, Terrace Marshall, I really am not a huge fan of, um, just looking at his tape. I- I'll get into those reasons when we do our receiver analysis probably next week, but very, very lukewarm. Same yeah. thing with Rashad Bateman. It's like a lot of people see the upside. Well, I'm trying to look at the whole picture here. And I, you can name every receiver, even a guy that I like like Rondell Moritz, well, I'm not really a huge, huge fan of, of his possible production. And even Diami Brown, it's like every single one of these guys after the, the cream of the crop need more development than people are giving them credit for. So if you're expecting them to come out and put up 900 yards in their rookie season, well, yeah, I understand there's a lot of guys with potential, but... Th- I think it's going to take them a little bit of time to develop, especially if we see them getting picked in the second and the third round. So I have very temperate expectations on the back end of this receiver class. Um, If you're in a dynasty fantasy football draft, I think I would be a little bit wary of taking some of these prospects towards the back end of the first round in your rookie drafts. Like if you have the opportunity, at least me personally, if I had the opportunity to trade up to – like pick eight in my rookie draft and pick up a Devontae Smith compared to taking a Rashad Bateman at pick nine well I would really be trying to take advantage of that opportunity because I think the disparity between the two prospects is really large yeah. now I'm not saying that every single one of these guys is going to be a bust or the none of these guys are going to have good year one production there are a lot of guys that I like you know uh, Jalen Waddle, I think it, it has some decent potential. I'm not really a huge fan of him for his price though. But Elijah Moore is a guy that's interesting. Like I mentioned, Diami Brown, and there's plenty of guys in the back end of the draft that I think do have potential there to be underrated. But for you know, comparing in that in like that late first round. Of the NFL draft possible receivers to last year's mid to late first round even in the early second round receivers I think that there is a big gap between the two of them
1: yeah
0: I agree all right but let's move on let's move on to pro days it is prime pro day season
1: Ooh, best, best time of the year
0: <laughs> yeah, it is my second least favorite time of the year. Pos- oh. it, it's close to being my least favorite time of the year, but not really because it's draft season. I absolutely love draft season. Um, but Pro Days, are they useful? Because we... <laughs> um, I, I'm going on Twitter and on Reddit and any sort of social media platform if you're not living under a rock and you see... Oh, Zach Wilson, Pro Day. Look at this throw. He's fading away. And then, oh, well, dude, 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 did you see Justin Fields? Justin Fields' Pro Day was insane, too. Look at this bomb. Oh, Mac Jones, he missed this bomb. He sucks. No way you're (laughs) going to put him at three. And then it's like, Jesus Christ, can we chill out? First off. Who cares? It's a pro day. You're throwing a gym shorts and a t-shirt. You look yeah. at Dwayne Haskins' pro day. I remember watching it live. If you would have taken that into your evaluation, you would have been thinking this guy's freaking Peyton Manning. Yeah. I don't. I think for a casual fan, right, for an armchair scout, that a pro day is actually more detrimental to an evaluation than it is useful. It is useful, at least for a quarterback position. For other positions, I'll I'll get into that in a second. But for the quarterback position, I think that there are two reasons why a pro day can be useful. And you have to be in person for both of them. One is that you get to see how the ball comes off the guy's hands in person. right? You get to see the kind of zip he puts on the ball, the release and all that. You don't really get to see that on TV. It's kind of like... When you see the size of someone on TV compared to real life, you just don't really get that actual representation of it through a screen. And the second is that you get to talk to these guys. Both of these things you you don't get by watching it on TV. So I think it just does more harm than good if you if you're taking these throws into your evaluation. I think that you you if you want to watch them, go watch the tape. There's plenty of games on most of these guys that you can evaluate that is much more important than watching these guys throw on gym shorts. Real quick, before I hand it off to you, Steed, the one thing that I do value these pro days for is mainly for the D-backs and the linebackers. You get to Mm -hmm. see how they move, especially if you want to work them out in ways that they would move where you didn't really get to see it on tape, um, whether it was because of the scheme that they were in or you wanted to switch around their position a little bit. You know, you get and and even on top of that, you just get to see how fluid their hips are and these drills and, and their feet, which I think is really important for defensive players because um, you have to be athletic in today's modern game, especially with how fast the offensive players are getting. But Steed, what do you think of pro days? Are you with me or are you against me?
1: I'm with you. <laughs> A pro fear quarterback is so completely overrated because you're sitting here and telling me that you're going to hype up a guy that has gym shorts, a gym shirt on, has maybe one guy in his face, not going at full speed, and he's just, you know, sitting back chunking bombs. Also... Side note on this. I think Matt Jones and them were kind of treating it as a joke too. I saw Matt Jones during his pro day run the triple option and then had Najee Harris throw him a pass during it. What is that going to happen? Like, okay, am I going to take anything from that pro day doing that? No. But going back to it, I want to see the guys full pads going through the motions, going through reading, reading the safeties, reading the defense and making the right pass. Yeah, Justin Fields is going to pop off at his pro day because he can, he has a great arm. He's a great athlete. Doesn't mean that he, he has the awareness. I mean, I've seen tapes on Justin Fields that shows he, he doesn't mm. have, the, have great awareness. And one thing about it is that if you think – a player sucks. Like now with Matt Jones Pro Day coming out and people saying it's not good because I guess it's a thing to hate Matt Jones nowadays. And you're saying he's not good. Clearly you did not watch the 13 games Bama played this year that absolutely steamrolled every team that started with a guy like Matt Jones who played in on the, in an elite level and went from being last year to his backup, now possibly the third overall pick of the league. The one good thing I will say about the compound, you're right. Like now, because of COVID, the, the coaches are actually able to sit there and talk to the player. But you cannot tell me you don't get more out of the player if I just pulled him to a room, had a tape full of games, and said, what were you thinking on this play? Why did you not throw it to this receiver? What were you doing here? Because... You know, if I did it for a guy like Matt Jones, Trevor Lawrence, it'd be like, okay, yeah, great play here. Like a little Groot in school, you know, how he used to. Mm -hmm. We'd have the plays and be like that. I think Justin Fields would be great, and I think Justin Fields would get a lot from it because I don't know if he's ever had a coach sit down and be like, dude, like, why didn't you anticipate this throw? You had instead of rushing for five yards and – dodging every tackle and getting hurt, you had a 20-yard pass. Why didn't you see that? I mean, that's what I would take more from it, and people need to take pro days and a very, very grain of salt with it. Um, I mean, like you said, there's been worse quarterbacks who've lit up pro day. Like Jacob Eason or something, he, th- he could throw it yeah. 80, yards, 80 yards on his back foot, but, you know, he... I, he's not even the he's not even make the Colts roster. I don't even think next year. I like I don't know with him. So
0: yeah, there's uh, a reason they traded for Carson Wentz when they had Jaden. Yeah. If you're so, basing it off his pro day and his combine, you're thinking that this guy's the best thing since sliced bread.
1: And it's just I really wish we had the combine. It'd be nice, but you, people need to think. And this is why I think the Senior Bowl is very important because you know you get. Actual contact, you know, you got to pick up on the new system very quick. Can you do that or not? Can you adjust? Can you know, you get out of your uncomfortable zone in something like the senior bowl where you have to adjust, especially for a quarterback? And that's a better telling than you just doing triple options with Najee Harris. So, I mean, I think we're on the same boat here for at least the pro, pro days for quarterbacks, is that it's very overrated.
0: Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. I hate the pro days. But speaking of pro days, though, um, you got to look up this uh, this um, what's his name, Kellen Monthrow.
1: <laughs> Was he slinging the pill?
0: <laughs> oh, dude, he chucked it. The thing, uh, thing hit the clouds. He chucked it. Oh, so let's far. go. All right. So if we're gonna if we're gonna start. Uh, taking pro days into account. Like, can we at least yeah. look at some Kellen Mond, please? What yeah, happened to Kellen Mond? He's Kellen the Mond. odd man out.
1: He might yeah, have yeah, the yeah, strong, yeah. strongest arm. I mean, it,
0: wait a minute. My you, man you said, can't get any credit over here.
1: You know, you said something I really liked on where, you know, you get an appearance of the guy. Like, if you you finally get meet Zach Wilson in person, right? You've seen him on TV and everything. I always thought Zach Wilson looked kind of small whenever he played. And then I looked up his height the other day, he's 6'3". So I, I would really want to know if he's 6'3", because I think he looks like 5'10", 5'11", you know, at best. Yeah,
0: he does look kind of small. But... He looks small, but he's 6'3". Apparently. I feel like he's more like a one or a
1: 6'2". Oh, yeah, it's probably fault, you know. It's just like when they measure the hands, if he's got 11 inches or something, he's a bad quarterback. Or less than 11 inches, he's a bad quarterback. But I don't know.
0: No, but, yeah, um, speaking of, man, this has been, like, the, the defending Mac Jones episode. I think I've got Mac Jones back up to three in my rankings.
1: Um. All right, let's go. It really has been Mac Jones. Like, well, it's not even that we're hating on Justin Fields because there's places just – I just don't think he exceeds in that offense. It doesn't work for him. I mean, it could work for him if he adjusted, but, like, I don't know if he's ready for that. I just know Mac Jones, day one, can do it.
0: Yeah, it's just – You know, one thing, I I was watching Kyler Murray for the Cardinals analysis, and it did give me a lot of hope for Justin Fields, because Kyler Murray was struggling to kind of anticipate throws and made some wacky decisions, and I feel like we're going to get the same thing out of Justin Fields, because Justin Fields is not, he does not have the running ability of Kyler Murray, at least I don't think he does, so he's not going to be able to get away with it as much as Kyler Murray, but the guy's got all the arm talent in the world, and I, mean, I still have Justin Incredible. Fields great as a top-ten pick, whereas Trey Lance, I don't even have great as a first-round pick. So it's like, yeah. if there's anyone I'm going to be low on, it's freaking Trey Lance. Um, yeah, I just think that, like... Now, this is not from a fantasy football perspective, because in a fantasy football perspective, I definitely value Justin Fields a whole yeah, lot more than, more, than these more. other guys, just because if you look at the 3rd and 20 Twitter, at third and 20 underscore um, I did a, a little bit of analysis on the Dynasty pod about the rushing floor and rushing ceiling of quarterbacks, and it does make a huge difference if you are an average quarterback being able to get, let's just say, 300 to 400 rushing yards on the year and four or five touchdowns. touchdowns—that mm-hmm. A lot of that time, like, if you were to put that onto – um, Phillip Rivers' stats, or Ben Roethlisberger stats, or Kirk Cousins, any one of what people see as like an average quarterback for the, for the league last year, they instantly jump from anywhere from quarterback 11 to quarterback 16 or 17 into quarterback 6. It makes okay. a huge difference. So when you're looking at Justin Fields from a fantasy football perspective, I think betting on that ceiling is way more important than betting on the floor. Whereas... If I'm the San Francisco 49ers, right, and I'm looking for a guy to fit my system, well, I'd much rather have Mac Jones just because I I can see the fit. I can see all the the things that he's good at translate to my offense, and the things that he's bad at, I don't really care because I'm not going to ask him to be Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. I just need him to get the ball out on time. I've seen Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan have crazy success in this offense. I know we're we're going back over the same freaking points, but um, what what were your quarterback rankings again?
1: I went uh, T. Law, Zach Wilson, Matt yeah. Jones, Fields, Kellen Mond, and then Lance. That was my top six, and then probably Trask. I like seven. that.
0: I like that a lot. Um, that that's. See, the thing is, I still really like the long-term outlook of Kellen Mond. Like, I understand he's not going to have the draft capital of these other guys. But, dude, like, I know the Steelers are interested in him a little bit. I really want him to go to the Steelers either, like, the pick 24 or our second-round selection. I would love that. I know the Bears are interested in him, too. I think that he can see some action in the Bears' second-round pick. Um... I know that, like, the data analytics of second-round quarterbacks is really bad, but, uh, man, it's just, when you watch this guy, yeah, he's got a lot of flaws, and he's nowhere near perfect, but I see just as many flaws as these other guys that I do. Like, dude, you watch the Texas A&M, it was... That that Texas A&M offense, they had good players. They had a good line. They had good tight end play, good running back. But their receivers, especially last year, were nowhere near the level of the receivers that these other schools had. Oh, like,
1: no,
0: no, no, no. I, I think they were missing some receivers. And Garrett Wilson. Well, yeah, Jamon Osbon, um, one of their top guys, opted out. I think they had two other receivers on top of that opt-out. Like, they had like a whole new receiving course for his senior year. Um, yeah, that's rough. Where it's like, dude, Olave and Garrett Wilson, I think, are going to be two pretty highly rated receivers next year who are going to get first-round consideration. Uh, I mean, Alabama, we don't have to start talking about it. BYU, their receivers aren't insane, but they have some guys that are getting draft consideration on top of the fact that that BYU offensive line was legitimately ridiculous, which people (laughs) don't want to take into account. It's like That's the argument against Mac Jones, is that his O-line was really good. Dude, BYU's offensive line, whether the, the prospects themselves are better, the, like, when you take into account, like, the games, when you look at the games, Zach Wilson had the best offensive line in college football. Yeah. Like, on a on a, on a game-by-game basis, right? Now, what that's probably due to the fact that they didn't play SEC competition, but, like, it, I guarantee if you go look at the PFF ratings and all that bullcrap, on, on the BYU offensive line, their number they're, they they got to be close to number one because my God, he had days to throw back there.
1: Yeah, I mean those were some big boys too. But yeah, I mean it's right they weren't having the SEC competition and that, maybe that's why I, I like guys, especially like Mac Jones and guys now like Kel- you you swindled me into Kelamon. I think I had Kelamon <laughs> six or. I might have Trask over him, dude But, I mean, he's in my top five now So that's all that matters But, you know, they're going up Just This tier one Just, like, these defenses Are so good, these D-lines are so good And even Big Ten is good But, like, they had a down year last year I mean, you should have seen Penn State They were horrendous And, you know, like, I'm just going to take a little more From SEC quarterback Especially if they show me they can play The position a little more than these other conferences.
0: I don't know. Like, I don't want it to come off like I don't like Justin Fields because I do really like Justin Fields, but at the end of the day, you got to put him in order. And when push comes to shove, if I were a coach, like... Dude, number four on the legitimate... list
1: is still a top What's ten up? pick. If, if, like, like, even though... Well, yeah, for me, number least... five is. Yeah, yeah. like... Four for me? Like, that's still a top-ten pick. I think now he would be slotted eight to the Panthers or something like that, Um, you know?
0: Yeah, I just – I don't know. I don't know. What do you think it is against Kellen Mond? Is it just because of his – we knew who he was and it's like he's almost yesterday's news that – I think
1: he had like a – kind of a rep, you know, just really good college quarterback but doesn't – do anything dramatic and like he wouldn't need He's
0: inconsistent, I'll give you yeah, that. He
1: he would have needed that like Joe Burrow kind of year or something on the lines of that. Because remember Burrow was probably in the same category as him. And then Burrow had that crazy senior season and that he went from Burrow probably went from being a third to fourth round pick. Maybe fifth to being the number one overall pick, you know. And Kelamon never had the luxury of doing that. Granted, they had people opt out, they had a good team last year. I mean, they were number five in the country, and he played well in some games. And then, but some people want to knock out that you know, he didn't have his best game against Vandy, but he had a really good game against Florida, you know. So, yeah, maybe that's the consistent train there, you know. But also, like that Vandy game was first game of the year, like you said, they had opt outs, you had to get used to it. It just a little bit different, but from what you show me on the film and doing a little bit watching them, I do like them. I think he play would not be shocked if he goes back in first round. I, I, you know, like even the Steelers. That I think that'd be great. What you get one more year with Ben, you after you move with Ben, you go kill him on. You see the talent, you see the possibility there, and you see the big arm. And you look at his pro days, throwing balls in the clouds. So yeah, I mean. He's I
0: think, like, it, it's razor thin for me between Justin Fields and Kellen Mond because I, I've seen more impressive throws out of Kellen Mond, but Justin Fields is way more consistent. And I think that Justin Fields has less overall flaws than Kellen Mond, but Justin Fields' flaws I have, like, as very big red flags, whereas Kellen Mond has a bunch of minor, I believe, coachable flaws. And I don't know, like... I guess maybe Kellen Mond's kind of getting the Kyle Trask syndrome, but I think that Kyle Trask tape is a lot worse than, I think, than Kellen Mons. Like, Kel, I think Kyle Trask has major flaws.
1: I think, actually, if you started the year, even midway of last year, you know, Kyle Trask was having a great year. I think they've kind of, like, swapped places where Trask was talking yeah. about being that back into the first round, but now Killam, now he's out, and Mott has taken his place, and I think that has come with, like, just full game, and you just see the, the possibility of the talent and watching tape. I think that's where it's coming from. Like, people might have been just sleeping on him a little bit. Now, it's nothing crazy that he's going to go top 10, you know, but... Back into the first, 15 to the Patriots, uh, you know? I Like, I don't know. I can see it happening. But I do think they swap places. I, I like
0: your quarterback list, though. Uh, T-Law, one. Zach Wilson, two. Jones, three. Fields, four. Mon, five. That's I, – I think I might just switch Mond and Fields there. But I yeah. like that list. I like I mean, that we're, list We're going really to get hate for Trey
1: Lance. Lance. We're going to get hate for Trey Lance, but, like –
0: I don't, I don't know. believe in it, dude. It's 17 games. I never saw him consistently play at that elite level. Like, he's good. I am I just view him as more of that Drew Locke-esque prospect than I do as that top-end, Mac well, Jones-level, yeah, like Zach well, Wilson-level.
1: People just want to put... In, but Trey Lance, I feel like people kind of are just trying to compare him to Josh Allen. When Josh Allen came I out... I hate this, that.
0: I hate I, that. I, so I, see,
1: crazy. I don't agree with it because, like, Josh Allen... Well, first of all, played at Wyoming, and I couldn't. Yeah. Name, I couldn't even name one player that ever came out of Wyoming. <laughs> I could. Josh Allen. That's it. Like I, I know they had a decent receiver. I think with Josh Allen, but I can't remember his name. But I think they had a decent receiver that got drafted with them. But I mean, Trey Lance has played at the pristine. This, North Dakota State is the Alabama of D two football. And like that, like you can say, well, it's D two football, and maybe I just said I value SEC more. Listen, it's still football at the end of the day. If you've been that dominant for so long, like you're still getting these top notch players. I mean, Carson Wentz went number two when he went there, and Carson went was tremendous until last year. The whole great debacle with the Eagles. It's just with Trey Lance and the Josh Allen comparison, is that I think Josh Allen had the highest ceiling in his draft class you know him oh, or yeah. more
0: I mean dude we lived together when during that draft and I, I mean I definitely remember showing you these crazy throws of Josh Allen like all the he's just it. doing crazy stuff and I'm like dude Josh Allen I mean I liked a lot of the quarterbacks that year kind of like this year like I mean granted I was right on Josh Allen but very wrong I guess on Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen but it's like I just don't see that Josh Allen comparison. Yeah, Trey Lance can run, but his throwing ability is nowhere near Josh Allen. I think that's the problem I have with Trey Lance is that I think Trey he's Lance is a better runner. In the
1: but I think he's a better runner than he is a thrower.
0: It, but yeah, at this point, my problem is though is that I think that his running ability is way more akin to Justin Fields than it is to Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. And right now, his profile would suggest that he needs to be Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. Or he needs to have that insane throwing ability, and it's—I feel like he's way too stuck in the middle between—he's a good thrower, but he's not great. He's inconsistent. He's a good runner, but he's not great. So, like, realistically, like that's why I like Justin Fields way more than I like um, Trey Lance is because Justin Fields, it, as a thrower, I think is miles ahead of. Of Trey Lance and is on a very yeah. similar tier of running ability, so I can see Justin Fields becoming that Russell Wilson, that Deshaun Watson. I don't really see that out of Trey Lance, to be honest. Um, maybe it can happen. I mean, I'm not a professional scout. I could definitely be wrong in this, but that's why. Like, I, I see that modern quarterback out of out of. Um, justin fields and out of kellen mond whereas i don't see it out of out of trey lance i think he relies too much on his running ability and to 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 get away with that at the nfl the the guys that we've seen that have had transcendent running ability like dude i could show you these clips i posted on twitter and the instagram of kyler murray and his running ability he makes guys look silly i don't see that out of out of trey lance and lamar jackson like do I even need to get into it out of Lamar Jackson? He made the Madden cover by making guys look silly with his running ability.
1: Yeah, and also with Lamar, like, he was... I feel like he was a very underrated passer coming into that draft, too. Like, this is a guy who won the Heisman at Louisville. You know, Louisville. And, like... (laughs) I mean, just, when has Louisville ever been good? Well, besides Teddy Bridgewater, they were good. But, like... I they mean, some good teams.
0: Yeah, I, good I mean team. they have, but
1: like they were really good with Lamar. I'm talking number five in the country. Good. If yeah, they you're beat, right. If they beat Clemson that year in that close game, they go to the they they go to the semifinal game. Good, you know. And he made them that good, and he couldn't do that only with his running ability. He was throwing downs all over the place.
0: Let me ask you this, Steve. If you were to put Kyle Trask on Texas A&M. Are they? Oh, okay. That's a good question. Way better or way worse?
1: Um, so I think it. You probably get a similar. I don't think. All right. So I think Texas A and M would take a notch down. I think they would become a two to three loss team. Like worse loss. I do too. I do too. Because you got to remember with Florida, like these are kind of two different teams. Because. A&M didn't really have many weapons last year besides, like, Colin... But besides, like, you know, the running back... And they Ingram. Had to go to, yeah, the running uh, back Ingram. In- Ingram. He's pretty good. And, you know, Kelamon had to do a lot with nothing, it seemed like. Kyle Trask? I mean, dude, what do you want to talk about? Kadarius Tony. and... Kyle Pitts?
0: Kyle Pitts, That's insane. I, I mean,
1: go first round, and it's Florida. I mean, Florida's only hold last year was that they had a terrible defense. Yeah, and they got Trayvon defense.
0: Grimes too. Trayvon Grimes yeah, is going to probably get drafted too. He's no, he's no slouch. So we like, took him in one of our mock off seasons.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you're like you're asking me between these two quarterbacks, and easily one had better weapons. But who won when they played straight up? That was Kellen Mond, you know. Yeah. Kelamond had to come back and beat them that game, and they won. And I think if you threw Kelamond in Florida, yeah, they probably had the same outcome because their defense was god-awful. But if Trask goes on A&M, they're a two- to three-loss team probably around there. But, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from Trask. It's just that he doesn't have the talent or, I don't think, playing ability as some of these other guys. Do I think he's smart? Yeah. I think he he knows what he's doing back there, but so did Connor Shaw. Like. I think he's just a college quarterback.
0: Yeah, see that's and that's what gives me hope for Kellen Mond in the draft. Is like if if Kyle Trask goes and gets picked in the second round, then Kellen Mond should go at the end of the first round or very early in the second yeah. round, in my
1: opinion. If like, if that should be the told point, then if well you're going backwards, but like if Trask is a mid second round pick, then Kellen Mond should be back half of the first.
0: See, that's that's the problem, though, is that I have Kyle Trask in that Mason Rudolph tier, where I think that Kyle Trask, there's going to be a team that likes him as a project somewhere in the third round, before we get into the third round comp picks. Whereas Kellen Mond, like, I, I like him more than someone like Jalen Hurts, where Jalen Hurts went pick picked 44. It was a little bit of a surprise. I think Kellen Mond could get picked even higher than that, because it's like, Jalen Hurts. I, now, I've grown really fond of Jalen Hurts because you know, reading about him as a as a player and as a person, it's like regardless of what he's shown on the field, he has the like that pro level, elite level mentality yeah, he you does. Just can't coach.
1: That is true about Jalen Hurts. And you you've seen Jalen Hurts, like his college career was pretty weird that you know, he gets pitched for two over not executing a course transfer, and Lincoln Riley is just, you know, he hits with these quarterbacks. There's something about his system. It's just crazy. It's and, simple.
0: He keeps it simple. And, you know, like, and he,
1: he took advantage of that, and he came in there and played very well. He was second in the Heisman voting that year. And, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, he deserved that second-round pick, and, you know, he's the starting quarterback for the Eagles now. And you're right about his pr- – like, I think – for him to get benched like that in a title game and then stay up the whole next year and be on the bench and watch Tua play over you and then transfer and then go to the Heisman ceremony the next year is a good telling of how good a head Dude, he has on shoulder. Even when he
0: got drafted, like think about all the Eagles fans that were like, well, what the fuck was that pick? Like we have Carson Wentz. That's a waste of a draft pick. Like, his whole career has just been people trying to bash him down, just saying, "Oh, this guy's nothing but a running quarterback," and now he has got the chance to prove it. I, I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts. I I was yeah, someone I that it. wasn't high on him coming out, but dude, what do I know? Like, go ahead and prove me wrong, Jalen Hurts. Like, I want yeah. you to be good. And he has improved us. Same with Mon.
1: Yeah, and, and the four game sample size he gave us. I know he beat the Saints, but again, that was Taysom Hill. That wasn't Drew Brees. Like, I but. Jalen Hurts, you know, like he hasn't proved us, he hasn't proved me to be a believer yet, but he hasn't proved me to be a doubter yet, you know. So like that team was that team was horrible. I mean that team he was working with nothing out there. So, you know, I I like to see what Jalen Hurts does with his tenure as the Eagles. All
0: right, let's do impromptu segment. Um, Give me a prediction where we both have to say it, Jalen Hurts. After this season, is he the Eagles starting quarterback, yes or no? Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first?
1: Because I got an idea that the Eagles could do, and it. it's crazy. But, I like, who are the quarterback prospects for next year?
0: Okay, so, Sam Howell right now is the big one. Um, <sighs> Sam Howell, honestly, I wasn't a huge fan of his tape when I was watching all the UNC kids, so... I personally he I think he has the arm talent, but I am a little bit wary of everything else, right? And
1: that North Carolina um, team was good though, that's the thing. Yeah, but, he's
0: gonna lose a lot of guys, so it's gonna lose for him. He
1: loses both his running backs.
0: <laughs> yeah, so then you have you have Matt Corral, the the kid from Ole Miss. Now I watched Ole Miss oh, and I okay. was really not all that impressed. He's got good stats. I, I think part of it is about. that their offense is such a college offense; it's hard to watch. <laughs> like, yeah. So he could be interesting. A guy that I think a lot of people are sleeping on because he kind of had a rough year last year is Jaden Daniels out of Arizona State. Oh, um, this you know is the
1: who guy else? that has. Who's that? Go, where does Jaden Daniels play? Arizona State, you said.
0: Yeah, there's J.D. Daniels from Georgia. Yeah, J.T. Who a lot uh, of people like.
1: That guy's really like he was highly JT recruited. J.T. Daniels. That dude was really highly recruited. Now I'm, I'm not hoping him to do bad because you know I, like he did have a couple good games for Georgia, but he, I I think he's gonna be an interesting like first round buzz. All right, you know uh, that. Yeah, list... then you got
0: um. Hold on, there's there's a couple more. Keaton Slovis at USC. A lot of people like.
1: Oh, okay, um, and yeah, then you yeah.
0: obviously have the big one. I think right now my number one guy actually is Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma. Oh, oh, a, he's got the best yeah. name.
1: Yes, yeah, Spencer. B, I
0: actually think he showed some very good tape, Spencer Rattler. So yeah. as of right now, I think he is my projected number one guy. I think so. If I had to choose a top three, which is really I haven't watched enough tape on these guys, but I'm just gonna do it. Fuck it. Um, one Rattler, two Slovis. Three Daniels, which is going to be a little crazy. Uh, Brock Purdy's interesting. Um, Emery Jones out of Florida, apparently. Sean Clifford. Uh There's a kid out of Pittsburgh that's actually from a place near me in New Jersey. Um, What's his name? The Pittsburgh kid. Uh, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's interesting. Um, What about that Miami kid? The... Uh, he was oh, Houston, uh, the running guy, King, King, is he, King, King. Yeah, is he? He is he in college still? Because he's interesting. Yeah, he think?
1: is he. I think he has I'll to be. We would have heard about him. He would have got like an interesting little scouting report. You know, he's always been a pretty big name, but I don't know how many years he had left on his when he transferred from Houston. Because I feel like he's been. No, I
0: think he is. Is he in this draft?
1: I didn't even know.
0: Oh that. no, he's 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 returning. He's returning. Okay,
1: I was about to say. I, I think I would have heard about. Yeah, that. Yeah,
0: I, I was I was in the same boat as you because he was a guy that, I think he's inconsistent, but he's like at the end of the day, if Jalen Hurts is is drafted in the second round, let's take away the the mental aspect because I do think the mental aspect is part of the reason. But let's just assume it wasn't. Let's just assume Jalen Hurts' talent is what got him drafted there. Derrick King is a very similar profile and might be more talented than Jalen Hurts was. Yeah, so I it's think just you that he's playing right for Miami. If he was coming out this year, we should be hearing a little bit of buzz. At least as oh, like a fourth yeah, or no. fifth round guy. Yeah,
1: no, you, I think you would have been hearing about him over Trask, I think. Just based on our talent, like
0: over Ian Book, right? Like or, or Felipe Franks, right? Like oh,
1: dude, Felipe Franks, I can't wait to never talk about him ever again. He's so, <laughs> <laughs> he's so um, bad.
0: Yeah, what about well, what, Florida what about State? JT Daniels, do you do you like him?
1: Uh, wait, see, what about he,
0: Florida State? Florida State's actually they got a new coaching staff, but. Watching their tape from two seasons ago, 2019, with Cam Akers and Tamarion Terry, holy crap! I just want to like shove forks in my I thought mind.
1: They, they might have had a decent prospect came in. Um, okay, J T Daniels, he's interesting because he was a guy that originally went USC. He was the best quarterback in his class at, in like his high school recruiting class, you know. And he played at USC and he was really good. And then he tore his ACL. Then the other guy came in, uh, the guy that plays there now. Slovis. Yeah, Slovis. And he came in and basically played good enough to where he won the job, and he came back and he couldn't get the job. So he transferred to Georgia. Well, he was still recovering from that ACL, and Kirby, being the dumb coach he is, didn't want to play him (laughs) too early. So he'd rather stick with the mailman and the other guy, number one. I can't remember his name. Just terrible Terrible quarterback play. Oh, just, the,
0: the guy with the uh, Rodrigo Blankenship turned quarterback?
1: Yeah, like just horrible quarterback <laughs> with play the from that team. Holding <laughs> that team back. And then they put in JT Daniels. And, you know, he lights up Mississippi State. He had a great game against Mississippi State. They barely won, but, you know, it's Mississippi State. He played against South Carolina didn't have his best game against South Carolina. He had under 50% completion for South Carolina, but, you know, he only threw like 12 times because they ran for 400 yards. Um, <laughs> Classic
0: South Carolina defense.
1: <laughs> it was so bad. And then, you know, I've watched him play... I, I sat down and watched him play Cincinnati. Because Cincinnati was a really good non-Power 5 team this year.
0: Yeah, that, that was the bowl game, right? Yeah, and
1: that was a very good game. Both teams played very well. Cincinnati, yeah, un- Cincinnati,
0: unbelievable game.
1: Cincinnati lost that game. Their quarterback they, they, is good, they, like, too. They, that kid. Yeah, yeah he I is, this. too. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's coming out next year as well. Yeah,
0: but, he's a uh, guy I have my eye on, too. I really like what I saw out of him.
1: He, JT Daniels threw, played very well. I mean... I think he has first-round talent. I think he's a first-round talent kind of guy. He's on a team that has I, – I know they lost George Pickens. He tore his ACL, and that sucks for him because that JT Daniels-Pickens deep ball was about to be electric next year, I could tell. But I think slotted right now, easy first round. If he, if he goes out there and plays as well as I think, I think he could be a guy that might be taken in the top 15.
0: Oh, wow. So let me ask you this real quick. Um, You were someone that you saw Justin Fields very limitedly play at Georgia. And you kind of said, like, when Justin Fields transferred to Ohio State, you said to me, that is the biggest mistake, them choosing from over Justin Fields that they could make. And that's going to set their their team back. And that turned out to be pretty correct, because Justin Fields now is a great prospect. And Jake... Top 10 pick. Yeah, like held them back, right? Let's, let's yeah. just yeah, held him back. He wasn't. He was good, but he wasn't good. good. He was a college quarterback. Um, yeah, he's a co- classic college quarterback. But if you want to be in the league program, are you, you need putting J T. Daniels on a similar pedestal to when you had uh, Justin Fields back in the day, or is he is he same tier, lower tier? What are you thinking?
1: I think he's a little lower tier because I thought when Justin Fields got in there, you know. And he played, and I just saw him throw. You could just see that ball spin. It was so pretty. Now I know yeah, been, his arm
0: cri- is insane.
1: I, I know we've been critical of Justin Vild, but you got to understand, we're, we're critical on this guys. We're trying to like relate him to the league and college yeah, as football. A
0: top ten pick, work record. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like, is different. Player.
1: It's different because when you look at someone going to the league, you got to look at the negatives. Like you have to, and but like. Even Justin Fields could got away with these negatives at Georgia, too. Probably not as much, but he could have got away with them. And he was just that transcendent guy that, you know, I kind of saw it. Like, even though Jalen Hurts went in the second round and did very well Oklahoma, it was the same thing for this Georgia team like Alabama. You bench Church, you play Tua, your offense is better. You bench from, you play Justin Fields, your team is better. It's just, you know, it's not really a science to it. You know, you just play the better player. Like, you know, this is yeah. a daddy ball. Like, I think that's what it was. Kirby and, and oh, I, like, I don't know, I want to get into this, but I think Fromm's dad and all of them were giving a little money to the program and oh. making up where, where Fromm had to play. And I think that's what it was. Or Kirby just couldn't get it over that Fromm took him to a daddy. But I, I, I don't think JT Daniels is on the same tier um, as Joseph Fields. Like I said, top 15 pick, maybe, if he has a really good year. Right now I would slot him back in first, early second. But he has the opportunity to be a top 15 pick if he plays very well next year and has, and has a good team.
0: But yeah, going back though, like I, I really like what I saw out of Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. Speaking of JT Daniels, like he only—I don't know what happened to him last season. Either did Arizona State only play four games, or did he got yeah red? they looking no at no no they and...
1: did. the Pac-12 didn't play <laughs> they, they didn't play football oh, shit. They, like they I think they played literally Arizona State I think they had scheduled of six games. And I think two got called out of COVID or something like that. I remember that. Like, they didn't okay, play. so I think they got a bowl game, um, though. I'm not sure.
0: Well, just because I remember watching – there was a really great football game. If, if you're bored and want to watch a good football game back, a good college football game, Arizona State – or just the highlights. Arizona State against Oregon, Jaden Daniels versus Justin Herbert was a fantastic football game. It's one of my favorite football games I've ever watched, actually. And it was a great duel between two quarterbacks. And Jaden Daniels, that game, absolutely lit it up. The guy's got a cannon. He's a dual-threat quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they didn't play a ton last year, and I know he was hyped coming into the season last year. Now it's kind of dwindled down, but, I mean, now you don't have a COVID season. You can actually play more than four freaking games. Yeah. I'm really interested to see where he goes now where he doesn't have those expectations and... Maybe he can shoot himself up into one of those top draftable quarterbacks because I know a lot of people have been saying, oh, well, the quarterback class next year for 2022 is not going to be very good. Well, we just rattled off a bunch of names that have potential. potential. I I agree that I don't think it will be as good with as many top end prospects, but There's a lot of guys that you're like, oh, well, if he takes the next step, he could be good. Oh, this guy, too. If he takes the next step, he could be good. So I'm really interested to see which one of these guys does take that next step. And, yeah, there's probably not going to be a Trevor Lawrence, but there could be a dude that has that meteoric rise that we've seen every year. Joe Burrow, Zach Wilson. I think that Jaden Daniels, JT Daniels, Slovis, this, that, the other, all these guys have that potential to have that Joe Burrow, Zach Wilson-esque rise. Yeah,
1: well, the interesting thing on Jaden Daniels is that Herm Edwards is a coach, and everybody knows that. I mean, Herm Edwards coached years in the NFL, so you, if you want to just toy around with that, I think he's kind of NFL-ready because Herm Edwards is breathing that kind of mentality to the locker room and telling him how to get it done. So he's an interesting name. Actually, putting him down as a Heisman favorite would be interesting, you know? Um because I think the favorite right now would be Spencer Rattler. But he's probably top five. Um, I Yeah, I'm not going to discredit this quarterback class just yet. Because like, like you said, there's always that Joe Burrow. That's that, Zach Wilson, nobody knew about really Zach Wilson a year ago until he just threw yeah, for like 89% The completion. year
0: before, his sophomore year, I'm pretty sure, he was in a quarterback battle just to be the starting quarterback. And now he if Trevor Lawrence didn't exist, he would be a shoe in for the number one pick. Yeah. So let's not act like... Dude, James Daniels, I know he has the arm talent. He's a dual-threat guy. He was comped to Deshaun Watson in high school when, on like his 24-7 sports page. So he's the kind of guy... All you need to see is him put it together on film. And all of a sudden, a couple of games, a little bit of hype, you could, you could really carry that. And there's a ton of these guys. Keaton Slovis... Could easily be one. I mean, you're saying that G- that J.T. Daniels could be a great quarterback. Like if Keon Slovis beat him out, he's got to be pretty good. And I know he's yeah. had some really great games for USC. Um, Sam Howell and Corral, I'm a little iffy on, but I mean, what do I know? I haven't really uh, watched them in depth.
1: Sam Howell, like he just gives me kind of that vibe as a really good college quarterback. Maybe a little Mitch Trubisky vibe over there since they both went to North Carolina. I feel
0: like he's almost like a poor man's Baker to me.
1: Oh, I, I actually like that because they're like similar size, I'm pretty sure too, and they kind of play similar. Yeah, and they too. have that, that kind of like
0: gunslinger mentality. Yeah. Um, they both That's like true. They, they have good they have good mechanics, but could have better footwork. Um, I just think I, Baker from yeah. what I saw is a lot better.
1: No, I you know I love Baker, but yeah, you are a I, big
0: Baker
1: guy. Yeah, I am Team Baker. Um, Sam Howell, I, I don't know about him, but he could be interesting. It's just where do these guys fall? Where's everybody line up? And uh, I think the reason people are already downing this draft is because for next year, it's because we knew T Law was a law. Right, we knew that since he yeah. stepped on the and campus, Justin Fields. And, yeah, and Justin Fields, but we knew T. Law was number one pick the first day he stepped on that field at Clemson three years ago. Well, we honestly,
0: we had a lot of shoo-ins. We had Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Rondell Moore. At least for me, was someone that I had rated really highly. T. Law, Justin Fields, Najee Harris, Etienne, and Kyle Pitts. Kyle That's Pitts for eight was players two. that we knew were all like first-round talents out the get-go.
1: And you know they we had two guys, two quarterbacks this year that proved themselves to be first round talents, Mac Jones and Zach Zach Wilson. And where is it to say that they won't be two more next year? Now, depending on Trey
0: Lance was hyped too. Yeah, Trey Lance. Lance, Yeah, Trey Trey Lance
1: did get a lot of hype too last year. He's
0: living off of his 2019 season right now. Yeah, no, a million dollars off of one season and not even Division One college football.
1: Actually, you want to think about (laughs) it. That is so risky because, like, you know, I you would think. You, I, I don't want to compare him to Mitch Trubisky, but Mitch Trubisky played 15 games in college. 15 games. He got drafted for one season, number two overall, and look where he is yep. now. I it, like if we're sitting here, Trey Lance. Oh well, you can't compare Trey Lance to Mitch Trubisky. Uh, why can't you I? Totally
0: can. Why can't but they, I? But they have like the same strengths and weaknesses.
1: You're, <laughs> you got people over here saying asinine comments, saying Trey Lance is like the josh allen of this draft like no shot dude no shot he's the josh allen Coin this it. Draft. S-
0: say he's the mitch trubisky he's not the Josh. oh, oh yes, clips, yes dude further okay. clip. do it do it
1: trey lance is not the josh allen of this class he is the mitchell trubisky hashtag the mvp <laughs> I I it's I, 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 I I'm, I'm full full on sending that because I like if I'm going to judge the same characteristics and things he played one good season. Mr. Biscay lit it up one good season for North Carolina, and I'm just supposed to ride with that? Just supposed to live on height? No, I'm not doing
0: that. All right. Well, with that being said, we're gonna end it here. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it, Steed. Saying Trey Lance is the new Mitch Trubisky, bold take. I like it though. I am not oh. gonna say I necessarily disagree with it. Um, if you're it's watching on the take. tube, if you're watching on the tube, like and subscribe, hit the bell, all that stuff. Um, comment if you're feeling frisky. Uh, but thank you so much for listening and peace out.